إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد so today as we mentioned it's going to be a general lecture, a reminder on some of the affairs of this religion and then inshallah ta'ala from the future lessons we'll begin the new book. So today in this general reminder we'll read over some of what Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned in his famous book Usul al-Sunnah, the foundations of the Sunnah. In this book, Imam Ahmad, he mentions several aspects of the Sunnah, from the belief, the Aqeedah of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. And he begins this by mentioning, Usul Sunnati Indana, Attamasuku Bimakana Alihi Ashabu Rasulillahi Alihi Salatu Wasalam. That from the foundations of the Sunnah with us is to cling on to that which the companions of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam were upon. Shaykh Rabi'ah, hafizahullah ta'ala, in explanation of that opening says, فَالَّذِي عَلَيْهِ أَصْحَابُ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ هُوَ الْمِقْيَاسُ لِلْمُحِقِّينِ الَّذِينَ يَتَمَسَّكُونَ بِهَذَا الْأَصْلِ Therefore the Shaykh says the criteria the criteria for those who are clinging on to this foundation is the companions. They are the criteria upon which this clinging on to is based, i.e. the Qur'an and the Sunnah, upon the criteria of the understanding of the Salaf of this Ummah. وَهُوَ مَا كَانَ عَلَيْهِ الرَّسُولُ وَصَحَابَتُهُ الْكِرَامُ and that is what the Prophet ﷺ and his noble companions were upon. وَمَا كَانَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ وَصَحَابَتُهُ الْكِرَامُ وَخُلَفَاؤُهُ الرَّاشِدُونَ إِلَّا عَلَى الْهُدَى وَالرَّشَادِ And the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, the الْخُلَفَاءُ الرَّاشِدُونَ, then all of them, they were upon guidance and uprightness. They were all upon guidance and uprightness. Ala kitabillahi wa ala sunnati rasulillah. Upon the book of Allah and the sunnah of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In which affairs? Fi aqaidihim. In their aqidah. Wa ibadatihim. And in their worships. Wa ma'amalatihim. And in their dealings. وَسَائِرِ شُؤُونِهِمْ And in all of their affairs, لَا سِيَّمَ الْعَقِيدَةِ Especially عَقِيدَةِ فَأَحْمَدُ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهِ يُشِيرُ إِلَى هَذَا الْأَصْلِ الْعَظِيمِ وَهَذِهِ الْقَاعِدَ الْعَرِضَةِ الَّتِي لَا يَرِدُّ عَنْهَا شَيْءٌ مِنَ الْإِسْلَامِ وَخَاصَةَ الْعَقِيدَةِ So Imam Ahmad, he is highlighting and indicating this great principle that 
our foundation is built upon the Quran and the Sunnah with the criteria of the understanding of the Salaf of this Ummah. And that all of our affairs, particularly Aqeedah, particularly Aqeedah, and on top of that, the various worships and the various dealings and all of the other affairs, they all return back to the Quran and the Sunnah upon that criteria of the understanding of the Salaf of this Ummah. And this, as Shaykh Rabia says, is in opposition to the people of desires. خِلَافًا لِأَهْلِ الْبِدَعْ فَإِنَّمَا يَتَّبِعُونَ أَهْوَاءَهُمْ This is in opposition to the people of innovation because they only follow their desires. The people of innovation, they only follow their desires. وَيَعْتَمِدُونَ عُقُولَهُمُ الْفَاسِدَةِ And they depend upon their corrupt intellects. They depend upon their corrupt intellects. And they follow their desires. And this is therefore in opposition to what Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah are upon, whereby they do not follow their desires and they do not give precedence to their intellects, rather they follow the texts of the Quran and the Sunnah upon the understanding of the Salaf of this Ummah. Ammal Imam Ahmad. وَمَنْ سَلَفَهُ مِنَ الصَّحَابَةِ وَالتَّابِعِينَ وَأَئِمَّةِ الْإِسْلَامِ فَإِنَّ الدِّينَ الَّذِي يَتَمَسَّكُونَ بِهِ هُوَ كِتَابُ اللَّهِ وَسُنَّةُ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ صَلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامِ الشيخ ربيع حفظه الله says as for al-imam Ahmad al-imam Ahmad and the salaf who came before him the sahaba and the tabi'een and all of the great scholars of Islam then the religion that they cling on to is the Qur'an and the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Especially when it comes to the affairs of Aqeedah. So they do not exit from that. They do not exit from the Qur'an and the Sunnah with the understanding of the Salaf of this Ummah. And within that is the upright guidance. Then Imam Ahmed says that it is upon us, الْإِقْتِدَاءُ بِهِمْ الْإِقْتِدَاءُ بِأَصْحَابِ مُحَمَّدٍ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ وَهُمُ الْقُدْوَةُ وَهُمُ الْأُسْوَةُ وَيُشِيرُ إِلَى الْحَدِيثِ عَلَيْكُمْ بِسُنَّةِ وَسُنَّةِ الْخُلَفَاءِ الرَّاشِدِينَ الْمَهْدِيِّينَ Then Imam Ahmed says that we must follow them. We must emulate them. We must follow the Sahaba, the companions of the Prophet wasallam, And the companions of the Prophet wasallam, who are they? Who are exactly the companions of the Prophet wasallam? The scholars, they explain the various definitions and criteria as to who is considered a companion. So from that criteria that they mention, it is that a companion is somebody who met the Prophet ﷺ, believing in him and died upon Islam. Who met the Prophet ﷺ. That can include 
the humans and the jinn. There are companions from the jinn. And as Al-Hafidh ibn Hajar said, if we are aware of any of the names of the jinn companions, then we mention them and we write them down too, as being from the companions. So the jinn can be from the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. And the humans are from the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. Then some of the scholars, they used to talk about the third creation, which is the angels. Can it be said that the angels are from the companions of the Prophet ﷺ? But that is something that they discussed and they debated over. And it would appear that it is not uh, suitable or any need for us to have to say that the angels are from the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. And really that comes back down to the issue of whether the Prophet ﷺ was sent to the angels too. The Prophet ﷺ was sent to mankind and to jinn. But technically it could be said that the Prophet ﷺ was not sent to the angels and so the scholars say, there's no need to say that the angels are from the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. That rather it is from the humans and some from the jinn that we are aware of too. There is one issue with regards to the jinn though. If we say, and of course there are some of the jinn who are companions. What if a jinn came along now, today, 2014? And it's known that jinn can live a very long time, more than the humans. So what if a jinn came along today now in 2014 and he said, I am from the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. I was alive at that time and I saw the Prophet ﷺ and I met the Prophet ﷺ. What if a jinn came along today now and said that, what could we say in response? How, why? So there's the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, which was narrated in the final month of the life of the Prophet ﷺ, where he said that there is not a person who is alive, or there is nobody who is alive, breathing on the face of the earth today, who will be alive in a hundred years' time. So we know that even if there were jinn from the companions, none of those exist in our time now. People and the jinn, for all of them, ma min nafsin manfusa, or something along those lines. That there is no soul or there is no uh, entity that breathes, except that it will not be here after a hundred years. So that includes the humans and the jinn. Therefore, if any jinn now claimed he was from the companions from that time, then we would know with certainty that he is lying, due to this narration authentically from the Prophet wasallam. So here Imam Ahmad says that we must follow those companions and he is referring to the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that upon you is to cling to my sunnah and the sunnah of Al-Khulafa Al-Rashidun عَضُّوا عَلَيْهَا بِالنَّوَاجِذ Bite onto it with your molar teeth وَإِيَّاكُمُ مُحْدَثَاتِ الْأُمُورِ And be warned from the newly invented affairs. So the Prophet ﷺ left us with that clarity, he left us with the Qur'an and the Sunnah, left us upon the clear pathway. And then Imam Ahmad, he mentions thereafter, وَتَرْكُ الْبِدَعِ That we also leave innovation, to abandon innovation. أَيْ اِجْتِنَابُ الْبِدَعِ لِأَنَّ الْبِدَعِ فِيهَا الْهَلَاكِ Rabi'ah Hafizahullah says, i.e. to stay away from innovations.
because within innovations is destruction. وَهَذِهِ الْفِرَقُ أَلَّتِي وَقَعَتْ فِي الْبِدَعِ تَوَعَدَهَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وسلم بِأَنَّهَا كُلَّهَا فِي النَّارِ And all of these groups of innovation that fell into those innovations, then the Prophet ﷺ warned them that they are all in the fire. لِأَنَّهَا سَلَكَتْ سُبُلَ الشَّيَاطِينَ Because they tread upon the pathways of the shayateen. And that is just as the Prophet ﷺ in the hadith, خَطَّ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وسلم خَطًّا مُسْتَقِيمًا وَقَالْ هَذَا سِرَاطُ اللَّهِ The Prophet ﷺ drew a straight line in the sand and he said, this is the path of Allah. ثُمَّ خَطَّ عَنْ يَمِينِهِ وَعَنْ شِمَالِهِ خُطُوطًا وَقَالْ Then he drew lines to the right and lines to the left and he said, هَذِهِ السُّبُلُ These pathways عَلَى كُلِّ سَبِيلٍ شَيْطَانٌ يَدْعُوا إِلَيْهِ on each of these pathways is a shaitan calling to it. فَمَنْ تَرَكَ السِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمَ So whomsoever leaves the straight path فِي عَقِيدَتِهِ In his aqeedah وَعِبَادَتِهِ In his worship أو فِقْهِهِ Or in his understanding أو ما شَاكَلَ ذَلِكَ Or whatever is similar to that. Whoever leaves the straight path in any of these affairs سَلَكَ طَرِيقًا مِنْ هَذِهِ الطُّرُقِ الَّتِي عَلَى كُلِّ وَاحِدٍ مِنْهَا شَيْطَانٌ يَدْعُوا إِلَيْهِ Then whomsoever leaves that straight path in any of the affairs, عَقِيدًا, understanding, worship, whatever it may be, if you leave the straight path, then you end up treading upon the pathway of the shayateen. فَالْحَذَرَ الْحَذَرَ مِنَ الْبِدَعِ وَالضَّلَالَاتِ so the shaykh says, be warned, be cautious, be warned from these innovations and misguidances. وَقَدْ حَذَّرَ مِنْهَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ And the Messenger of Allah وسلم, warned against them and he said, مَنْ أَحْدَثَ فِي أَمْرِنَا هَذَا مَا لَيْسَ مِنْهُ فَهُوَ رَدُ That whomsoever innovates into this affair of ours, into this religion of ours, that which is not from it, then it will be rejected. Whomsoever innovates any affair, anything into this religion of ours that is not from it, then it will be rejected. وَحَذَّرَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وسلم أَيْضًا مِنْ أَهْلِ الْبِدَعِ And on top of that, it's not just the innovations that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم warned against, but rather, the Prophet ﷺ warned against the people of innovation too. The Prophet ﷺ warned against the people of innovation too. And that is an example of it when the Prophet ﷺ recited the ayah from Surah Ali Imran, هُوَ الَّذِي أَنزَلَ عَلَيْكَ الْكِتَابَ مِنْهُ آيَاتٌ مُحْكَمَاتٌ هُنَّ أُمُّ الْكِتَابِ وَأُخَرُ مُتَشَابِهَاتٌ فَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ زَيْغٍ فَيَتَّبِعُونَ مَا تَشَابَهَ مِنْهِ إِبْتِغَاءَ الْفِتْنَةِ وَبْتِغَاءَ تَأْوِيلِهِ وَمَا يَعْلَمُ تَأْوِيلَهُ إِلَّا اللَّهِ When the Prophet ﷺ recited this ayah, that in the Qur'an, or rather it is he who revealed upon you in the book ayat within it that are clear and those that are uh, what you may term as ambiguous, that require more clarity, 
So as for those who have misguidance in their hearts, then they follow that which has ambiguity, desiring by way of that fitna, and desiring by way of that to make interpretations, and nobody knows them except Allah. So when the Prophet ﷺ recited that, then he said, فَإِذَا رَأَيْتَ الَّذِينَ يَتَّبِعُونَ مَا تَشَابَهَ مِنْهُ فَأُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ سَمَّ اللَّهِ فَاحْضَرُوهُمْ So if you see those who are following that which is ambiguous, then know they are the ones whom Allah has named in this ayah. They are the ones whom Allah is talking about in this ayah. So be warned from them. If you see those who are following the ambiguous affairs, if you see those who are following the ambiguous affairs, then let it be known, they are the ones whom Allah is referring to in this ayah. So be warned from them. So this is an example where the Prophet ﷺ warned us against the peop- people of innovation, the people of desires. That's why now Sheikh Rabia says, فَلَا تَجِدُ مُبْتَدِعًا إِلَّا وَهُوَ يَتَتَبَّعُ الْمُتَشَابِهَاتِ مِنْ كَلَامِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَىٰ أَوْ مِنْ كَلَامِ رَسُولِهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ أَوْ مِنْ كَلَامِ عُلَمَاءِ الْإِسْلَامِ That's why the Sheikh says you will not find any innovator except that he follows the ambiguous affairs from the speech of Allah or from the speech of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, or from the speech of the scholars. He follows those affairs that are potentially open to misinterpretation. So they misinterpret them upon their own desires, and they misguide the people with that. وَهَذَا أَمْرٌ وَاقِعٌ فِي الْقَدِيمِ وَالْحَدِيثِ فَلَا تَرَى مُنْحَرِفًا عَنْ مَنْهَجِ أَهْلِ السُنَّةِ وَالْجَمَاعَةِ إِلَّا وَهُوَ يَتَّبِعُ هَذِهِ الشُّبُهَاتِ لِيَقْذِفَ فِي قُلُوبِ النَّاسِ الْفِتَنَ مَعَ الْأَسَفِ الشَّدِيدَ The Shaykh says, and this is something which has occurred in the past and the present. This is something which has occurred in the past and the present. And you do not see any deviated individual, anyone who has deviated away from the methodology of Ahl Sunnah wal-Jama'ah, Except that they follow their doubts. They follow these doubts. They follow after these ambiguous affairs or these doubts. And therefore they throw and they cast upon the hearts of the people these great trials and tribulations, these fitan, (coughs) due to their misinterpretations, their misguidances and the uh, distortions that they spread. Then, the Shaykh mentions the statement of Imam Ahmad, وَكُلُّ بِدْعَةٍ فَهِيَ ضَلَالَةٍ That every innovation, it is a misguidance. And no doubt all of these innovations are misguidance. Al-Imam Al-Barbahari, rahimahullah ta'ala, he mentioned in Sharh al-Sunnah, that be warned from all of the innovations, including the small innovations. Because the small innovations, they continue to build up until they end up becoming large innovations. 
the small innovations they continue to build until they end up becoming large innovations. So a person has to be warned from every type of innovation and not to consider and not to think that something is minor and it's not a problem. Rather, you avoid and you distance yourself from every type of innovation. فَكُلُّ بِدْعَةٍ صَغُرَتْ أَوْ كَبُرَتْ هِيَ ضَلَالَ لَا So every innovation, whether it is small or big, every innovation, whether it is small or big, then it is a misguidance without doubt. وَمَنْ قَالَ غَيْرَ ذَلِكَ فَقَدْ خَالَفَ النَّصَّ الْوَاضِحَ الْجَلِيِّ And whomsoever says otherwise, whomsoever tells you otherwise, that no, these innovations are minor, there's no problem, etc. Whomsoever tells you of that type of nature of speech, then know that they have opposed the clear, blatant texts. قَالَ فَهَذِهِ الْكُلِّيَّةِ الَّتِي قَالَهَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ وَكَانَ يَخْطُبُ بِهَا فِي جُلِّ خُطُبِهِ then that person has opposed this generic statement or this generic understanding that every innovation is a misguidance. That is a general, as you say, rule of thumb. That every misguidance or every innovation is a misguidance. And that is something that the Prophet ﷺ used to give importance to clarifying to the people to such an extent that he used to mention that in every khutbah. In the majority, if not every khutbah, the Prophet ﷺ used to mention this affair of how every innovation is a misguidance. So he used to say, أَمَّا بَعَدْ فَإِنَّ خَيْرَ الْحَدِيثِ كَلَامُ اللَّهِ وَخَيْرَ الْهَدِي هَدِيُ مُحَمَّدٍ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ وَشَرَّ الْأُمُورِ مُحْدَثَاتُهَا وَكُلَّ مُحْدَثَةٍ بِدْعَةٍ وَكُلَّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٍ This is what the Prophet ﷺ used to begin the khutbah with as it is mentioned in Sahih Muslim that the best of speech is the speech of Allah and the best guidance is the guidance of the Prophet ﷺ and the most evil of the affairs are the newly invented affairs and every newly invented affair is an innovation and every innovation is a misguidance. This is in the hadith of Jabir radiallahu anhu in Sahih Muslim. هذه خطبة النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم التي كان إذا خطب بها اشتد غضبه وعلى صوته وحمر وجهه كأنه منذر جيش. This when the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم used to give the khutbah and recite this. Then it is mentioned how the Prophet ﷺ, he used to become angered and he used to raise his voice and his face would become reddened when he would be delivering this khutbah, delivering this sermon as if he was admonishing, warning an army or preparing an army of that nature. All of that, why? Why did the Prophet ﷺ, his face would become reddened and he would raise his voice in stating this to the people, in doing this khutbah, the khutbah that he used to do, 
due to le khuturatil bid'i wa shiddatiha wa khatariha ala al-ummah due to the severity of innovation and the danger of innovation upon the ummah and the threat of this innovation upon the ummah due to the danger and the severity of innovation then the prophet sallallahu <coughs> he would warn against that innovation every khutbah or at least the majority if not every khutbah wa hiya dalala and that is misguidance all of this innovation wa man yaqul and whomsoever says whoever comes along and says bid'a hasana a good innovation wa bid'a sayyi'a and a bad innovation whomsoever comes and categorizes this for you in this way hadha mukhalifun musadimun لهذه الكلية الصادرة عمن لا ينطق عن الهوى Then that person is opposing the generality of this principle that every innovation is a misguidance. He is opposing that by saying that no, actually there are good innovations too. That cannot be the case when the generic rule of thumb is that every innovation is a misguidance. So it cannot be good. And that was something that was stated by the Prophet ﷺ who does not speak from his own, uh, from his own uh, inclination. That he said every innovation is a misguidance. Uh, and then the Shaykh says there are some people who even come along and they categorize innovations, bid'ah, into all types of other categories, which are not correct. They come and they start using the what are now typically known as the fiqh categories, something which is wajib, something which is mustahab, something which is makruh, something which is haram, something which is mubah. Some people even come along now, the shaykh says, and they start categorizing innovations in that way. This innovation is wajib, this innovation is makruh, this innovation is mustahab, this innovation is mubah. They start coming along and giving those five categorizations to innovation. And that is something again that is completely false. وَهَذَا غَلَطْ فَإِنَّ الْوُجُوبَ لَا يُثْبَتْ إِلَّا بِدَلِيلٍ فَإِذَا ثَبَتَ مَا يُسَمِّيهِ بِدْعَةً بِالدَّلِيلِ الْمُوجِبِ فَهَذِهِ لَيْسَتْ بِدْعَةً If somebody actually proved something to be an obligation, somebody proved some particular act or matter to be an obligation, then it's impossible for it to be a bid'ah. If it's proven by authentic evidences to be an obligation, an act that is obligatory for you to do, an act of worship, then it can't be a bid'ah. It's an act of worship that is rewarded upon. So it doesn't make any sense for them to come along and start making these categorizations for bid'ah. The generic rule of thumb is that every innovation is a misguidance. Then Imam Ahmed says, وَتَرْكِ الْخُصُومَاتِ وَالْجُلُوسِ مَعَ أَصْحَابِ الْأَهْوَاءِ to leave debating and sitting with the people of desires. To leave debating and sitting with the people of desires. يعني لا تكفر من الجدال. Meaning the Shaykh says, Shaykh Rabi'ah, Hafizahullah, do not go and have all these debates and discussions with them. Don't get involved in too many of these debates and discussions. ولا تخاصم إلا في الموقع الذي ترى فيه الفائدة لمن يطلبها. 
and do not get involved in any argumentation or confrontation or debate except in a situation where you see that this person is being genuine and he may benefit from that. He may benefit from having a discussion over this particular affair. When you see that there is some genuine uh, approach there in that type of scenario, then it's possible you may discuss and you may debate because you see that this person is genuine and he may benefit from it. Uh, as for anybody other than that, as for a person who does not want to debate you to actually get to the truth, they want to debate you and argue with you for the sake of debating and arguing and for the sake of trying to make their position victorious, then those types of people, you do not argue with them, you do not sit with them, you do not get involved in confrontation with them. And this is something of importance, because now when the people, they go around, and you bump into this person, you bump into that person, and they may start wasting your time. They may start to engage in conversation with you. You people call yourself Salafis, X, Y, and Z, what about this, what about that? And they start bringing all types of doubts, and they say, how do you Salafis respond to this, respond to that? And they want to involved in a discussion and a debate, not for the sake of actually learning, not for the sake of them wanting to benefit from that, or they are genuine about it, but for the sake of wanting to argue with you and debate with you and try to be victorious over you. Then those types of people do not engage in discussions and debates with them and do not waste your time with such affairs. وَكَثِيرٌ مِّنَ النَّاسِ يَغْتَرُّونَ بِمَا عِنْدَهُمْ مِّنْ مَعْرِفَةِ The Shaykh says many people now, they become deceived or tricked by the understanding that they have. They think they've got the understanding, they think they've got the level of understanding where they can go and they can debate and they can explain. They become confused with themselves. They think they know too much. وَبِمَا عِنْدَهُمْ مِّنَ الذَّكَاءِ they think they are too intelligent. They are intelligent and they are. Uh, they have knowledge. And they think they are able to go and debate with these people of desires. And they are able to go and argue with them. So they go and end up sitting and mixing with the people of innovation. And they go and they mix with them and they sit with them and they become accompanied with them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala leaves them to their own devices. So those people then end up falling into misguidance. This is something which is physically known. This is something which is physically known. <coughs> That some people, they think they know too much now. They think they have the knowledge. They think they have the intelligence. And so they want to go and sit with the people of desires and innovation, thinking they can go and debate with them and argue with them and defeat them. And they become deceived by their level of knowledge. So when they go there and sit with them, they actually end up becoming misguided by the doubts that fall into their hearts from those people. هَذَا شَيْءٌ مَلْمُوسٌ وَأَشَارَ إِلَى مِثْلِ هَذَا الْإِمَامِ بْنُ بَطَّ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهُ قَالْ عَرَفْنَا أُنَاسًا كَانُوا يَسُبُّونَ وَيَلْعَنُونَ أَهْلَ الْبِدَعِ فَجَالَسُوهُمْ وَعَاشَرُوهُمْ فَأَصْبَحُوا مِنْهُمْ He said that we knew people who used to 
curse and abuse the people of innovation. They were against them. But then they went and sat with them and mixed with them. And all of a sudden they became with them. So this was narrated from the scholars that there were people who used to be opposed and against Ahlul Bid'ah. But when they went and they sat with them and they accompanied them, then after that they ended up becoming with them. وَهَذَا مَلْمُوسٌ فِي كُلِّ زَمَانٍ وَمَكَانٍ And this is something which is known, something physically known to us in every place and every time that this occurs. وَقَدْ اغْتَرَّ بَعْضُ النَّاسِ بِأَنفُسِهِمْ مِنْ كِبَارِ النَّاسِ فَوَقَعُوا فِي هُوَةُ الْبِدَعِ مَعَ الْأَسَفِ الشَّدِيدِ وَلَا نُرِيدُ أَنْ نُسَمِّي هُمْ مَعْرُوفُونَ عِنْدَ طُلَّابِ الْعِلْمَ And the Shaykh says that there are even some big people, some people who you would have considered as knowledgeable and with status, that ended up falling into these types of affairs, that they went to the people of innovation, and they sat with the people of innovation, and in the end, these people who were initially respected and had some status, even due to all of that, or even after all of that, when they went and sat with the people of innovation, they ended up with them. And Shaykh Rabia says there are many of those, or there are some of those, who are known to the students of knowledge, regarding who these people are, that used to be respected and upon the correct way, but when they went and sat with the people of desires and innovation, then they fell into that affair themselves. Uh, so, Imam Ahmad says, it's not from our principles that we sit with the people of innovation, that we discuss and we debate with the people of innovation. Rather, we avoid that, and we do not engage in these debates and discussions with them. And a person is not to become confused with himself, or deceived with himself, thinking that he has sufficient knowledge or intelligence to be able to go and sit and debate with those people. Rather, the person does not put himself into that situation. So these texts, they all warn us against mixing and sitting with the people of innovation. هُنَاكَ أُنَاسَ أَهْلُ مَخْدُوعُونَ And they say, وَأَنْتَ عِنْدَكَ عِلْمُ وَعِنْدَكَ حُجَّةَ وَبُرْهَانَ تَدْعُوهُ مِنَ الْحَقِّ وَتُبَيِّنْ لَهُمْ فَلَا There are some people, the Shaykh says, ignorant people who are uh, deceived and upon the wrong way, and you have the evidence and the knowledge and the proofs, then you can try to advise them. There are some general ignorant people who are misguided, and they're not going to debate you or argue with you or put doubts into you. You have the knowledge to be able to advise them, then do so. There's no prohibition in that, of course. General people who are misguided and they've been deceived by these callers to innovation, then you have the ability to advise them, you know the evidences, then give that to them and give them that advice. فَلَبَأْسْ أَمَّا أَنْ تُجَالِسَهُمْ عَلَى سَبِيلِ الْمُخَادَنَةِ وَالْمُصَادَقَةِ وَالْمَحَبَّةِ وَالْعِشْرَةِ وَمَشَاكَلَ ذَلِكَ فَهَذَا خَطَى يَجِرُّ إِلَى الضَّلَالِ As for going and sitting with these people out of love for them or companionship for them, then that type of affair is not permissible. Meaning, you know some people, general people, they may be misguided upon some deviated way. Of course, if you have the ability to give them advice and evidences and proofs, then you give that to them. <coughs> but that is for the purpose of the da'wah. You do not just go and mix with those people and sit with them and eat with them just because they were your friends from old. You don't go and accompany those types of people who are upon misguidance and following a misguided way just for the sake of companionship because you knew them for a while. 
Rather, you going there is for the purpose of then giving them the proof and the evidence and advising them and then leaving them. Not sitting with them and mixing with them and they bring other people of desires and in the end your heart becomes attached to them. So you can advise the people whom you are able to advise but not to get mixed and involved in them in any type of love and companionship. And the companions used to warn against that too. Anybody with intelligence, then you stay away from that affair. You don't put yourself into that situation of being confused by those people or dragged in with them. And some of the scholars, the companions rather, they warned against that too. Ibn Abbas like Ibn Abbas and some of the scholars of the Tabi'een for example Ayyub Sikhtiani and Ibn Sirin rahimahumullah kana al-wahidu minhum la yastami'u ila sahibi bid'ah these individuals they did not used to listen to the people of innovation at all hatta law uridu alayhi an yaqra'a alayhi hadithan hatta law عرض عليه أن يقرأ عليه حديثا وآية فيقول لا فيقال له لماذا قال إن قلبي ليس بيدي أخشى أن يقذف في قلبي فتنة أو أن يقذف في قلبي فتنة فلا أستطيع أن أنتزعها فالسلامة لا يعدلها شيء فلا يعرضن فلا يعرضن الإنسان نفسه إلى الفتنة خاصة إذا كان يعلم من نفسه ضعفا so some of the Salaf, they also used to take a strong position on this. Clearly that they never used to listen to the people of innovation at all. And that was the way of all of the Salaf. An example here is of uh, Ayyub Sikhtiani, Ibn Sirin for example. And the Shaykh gives a, a, an example where they would not listen to the people of innovation. And if somebody came to them and said, let me recite a hadith to you or an ayah to you, they would say no. And if it was said to them, why? They would say, because my heart is not in my control. I do not control my heart, my emotions, my feelings, my heart. I can't control it. So I fear that if I listen to this person of innovation, he may say something which enters my heart and I'm not able to exit it from my heart thereafter. Something may enter my heart and I'm unable to exit that from my heart thereafter. Therefore, safety is not comparable or equated to anything else. There is nothing equal to safety. So a person should not put himself in a situation where he is presented and open to fitna occurring to him, especially if that person knows that he is weak in himself yet, he knows that he's not grounded, he knows he doesn't have the knowledge, then he should not go to a place where you're going to end up with fitna, people of desires talking to you, whispering to you, you shouldn't put yourself in a situation where you're going to be surrounded by them or end up them opening up a debate or discussion with you. So you avoid these types of situations, especially as the Shaykh says, if you know that you have some weakness within you. So that is a brief overview from the opening of Usul Sunnah of Al-Imam Ahmad, the opening section where he speaks about clinging onto the Qur'an and the Sunnah and about the principles of not debating and arguing with the people of innovation, and similarly, not to be deceived by yourselves, to go and put yourselves in situations of entering into arguments or debates with those people, because they want to do this a lot. The people, they want to debate with you a lot. They say, you Salafis this and you Salafis that. 
and they want to bring their debates, and they want to bring their arguments, and they want to bring their so-called evidences. So do not engage in this type of affair with them. Do not engage in this with them, unless you see it is somebody genuine, somebody you know, he's not there to oppose you and to fight you, but he's been given <coughs> doubts from somewhere, and you're able to help him to clarify them. That's another situation. But if they come to debate you and argue with you and to oppose you, then those people, you do not sit there to debate and argue with them. Rather, abandon that affair and protect yourself and keep yourself in safety. So these are some of the principles of Salafiyyah mentioned by Al-Imam Ahmed with the explanation of Sheikh Rabi'ah, Hafizahullah. And that's where we'll just end this brief reminder today. Uh, and next week is off. But in two weeks' time, we'll start, inshaAllah ta'ala, the new book, Kitab al-Tawheed of Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, rahimahullah ta'ala. So we'll conclude that today. Wassallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.